Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Sleep and Relax ASMR. This episode we're talking about writer's block and we are seeing how it is we can confront and overcome writer's block. Writer's block is something that I suffer through quite a bit uh, while at work, uh, especially because I am often responsible for writing uh, different proposals and sort of presenting different projects. And uh, yeah, I struggle with it from time to time. And whether you're a student, whether you are um, a writer, or whether you're you know, basically required to explain anything via uh, writing, uh, or maybe you just want to work on a project, I think writer's block afflicts many of us. So we'll first sort of learn about writer's block, um, what it is, and then we'll try to figure out how to best overcome it. And so we start. Writer's block is a condition primarily associated with writing in which an author loses the ability to produce new work or experiences a creative slowdown. The condition ranges from difficulty in coming up with original ideas to being unable to produce work a work for years. Throughout history, writer's block has been a documented problem. Professionals who have struggled with the affliction include the authors such as F. Scott Fitzgerald and Joseph Mitchell, comic strip cartoonist Charles M. Schultz, Schultz composer Sergei Rachmanov, Rach and songwriter Adele. Research concerning this topic was done in the late 1970s and 80s, during this time, researchers were influenced by the process and post-process movements, and therefore focused specifically on the writer's processes. The condition was first described in 1947 by psychoanalyst Edmund Burgler. However, some great writers may have already suffered from writer's block years before Burgler described it, such as Herman Melville, who quit writing novels a few years after writing Moby Dick. Now we go on to some possible causes. Writer's block may have several causes. Some are creative problems that originate with an author's work itself. A writer may run out of inspiration or be distracted by other events. A fictional example can be found in George Orwell's novel, Keep the Aspidistra Flying, in which the protagonist, Gordon Car Corn Comstock, Corner Com. Gordon Comstock struggles in vain to complete an epic poem describing a day in London. Quote, it was too big for him. That was the truth. It had never really progressed. It had simply fallen apart into a series of fragments. End quote. Other blocks may be produced by adverse circumstances in a writer's life or career. Physical illness, depression, the end of a relationship, financial pressures, or a sense of failure. The pressure to produce work may in itself contribute to writer's block, especially if they are compelled to work in ways that are against their natural inclination, i.e. with a deadline or an unsuitable style or genre. Writer's block may also come from feeling intimidated by one's previous big successes. The writer Elizabeth Gilbert, reflecting on her post-bestseller prospects, proposed that such a pressure might be released by interpreting creative writers as having genius rather than being a genius. It has been suggested that writer's block is more than just a mentality. 
Under stress, a human brain will, quote, shift control from the cerebral cortex to the limbic system, end quote. The limbic system is associated with instinctual processes such as fight or flight response and behavior that is based on deeply ingrained training. The limited input from the cerebral cortex hinders a person's creative processes, which are replaced by behaviors associated with the limbic system. The person is often unaware of the change, which may lead them to believe they are creatively blocked. In her 2000 book, 2004 book, excuse me, The Midnight Disease, The Drive to Write, Writer's Block, and the Creative Brain, the writer and neurologist Alice W. Flaherty has argued that literary creativity is a function of specific areas of the brain, and that block may be the result of brain activity being disrupted in those areas. And now we move on to... Well, I guess first I'll comment on some of this, because this is sort of a ramble. This is a ramble slash trying to help out slash trying to bore you to sleep. So I'm sure my uh, rambles in between will do exactly that. Personally, I find that um, having so many distractions is what creates my block. What does help me is basically... And it depends on your style. But what helps me, for example, is when I just start writing sentences, they don't have to make perfect sense yet. But if I sort of create an outline of what it is I'm trying to say or what I think I'm trying to say or trying to get across, that helps me really overcome uh, the rest. Because the rest is just sort of, you know, fixing the grammar and then fixing kind of how I deliver the message. But if the message itself is identified and written I'm able to move forward. But I know people, for example, that they don't do that. They want every line to basically be perfect from the beginning. And um, I don't know. I, I like the way I do it. Treatment. As far as strategies for coping with writer's block, Clark describes class and group discussion journals, free writing, and brainstorming, clustering, list-making, and engaging with the text. To overcome writing blocks, Oliver suggests asking writers questions to uncover the writing process. Then he recommends solutions such as systematic questioning, free writing, and encouragement. A recent study of 2,500 writers aimed to find techniques that writers themselves use to overcome writer's block. What is the research discovered a range of solutions from altering the time of day to write and setting deadlines to lowering expectations and using mindfulness meditation. Gabrielle Lucer Rico's concern with the mind links to brain lateralization, also explored by Rose and Linda Flowers and John R. Hayes, among others. Rico's book, Writing the Natural Way, looks into invention strategies such as, yeah, invention strategies such as clustering, which has been noted to be an invention strategy used to help writers overcome their blocks, and further emphasizes the solutions presented in works by Rose, Oliver, and Clark. Similar to Rico, James Adams discussed right-brain involvement in writing. While Downey propo proposes that he is basing his approach in practical concerns, 
His concentration on right-brain techniques speaks a cognitive and theory approach similar to Rico's and a more practical advice for writers to approach their writer's block. So thus far, what I've read has been from Wikipedia. Now we move on to, uh, I have at least one source here um, from somewhere else uh, that will sort of go over and uh, see if we can identify your cause of writer's block and how we can overcome it. So it's from a title called How to Overcome Writer's Block, 14 Tricks at Work. It's by Jeff Goins from GoinsWriter.com. And then, same thing. Uh, the writer starts by Common Causes of Writer's Block. And so, it's just kind of a brief summary. Timing. It's simply not the right time to write. Your ideas may need to stew a little longer before writing them down. And this also happens to be quite a bit. I'll have a vague idea of what it is I'm trying to convey by writing, but I'm not totally sure yet. And so what ends up happening is I I, I basically psych myself out because I, I almost get nervous. I say, well, what is it I'm trying to put down? And instead of writing that time, I need to take a step back. Um, second is fear. Many writers struggle with being afraid with putting their ideas and themselves out there for everyone to see and critique. Fear is a major reason some writers never become writers. I've had, I had a few friends from university, but I had one in particular that really suffered through this. And what he had explained to me was as a child, he was sort of this, this piano prodigy. And at something like six or seven years old, they, you know, his mother was very demanding with this. And then he went to perform, and at seven he he had some, he had some, you know, he made a couple of mistakes or whatever. And then his mother basically berated him for making those mistakes afterwards. And then since then he he kind of links back to that time where everything he did he became so afraid of making mistakes, in everything else in his life, that he would struggle to write and deliver. You know, class papers. Because he was, he was so afraid of the idea of not doing something perfect and then being berated for it. So, you know, different different small or big things can lead to different uh, results. Number three, perfectionism. You want everything to be just right before you ever put pen to paper or touch a keyboard. You try to get it perfect in your head and never do, so you never begin. So how do we vanquish this enemy? This is Jeff Goins writing and his language domain. It's a tough question to answer and I'm afraid I don't have a great solution. I've wrestled with writer's block on many occasions and each victory looked different. That's the thing about writing. It's an art, not a science. And you'll have to approach it as such. There is no formulaic fixed, no seven steps to becoming a better writer now, except one, but you already know what it is. Start hacking away. Begin trying stuff. Sometimes the quirkier, the better. The trick is to find something that works for you. Creative solutions to writer's block. Here are a few ideas to help you through your creative constipation. And I'll just list them first and then I'll revisit them so that I can give my comments. Go for a walk. Eliminate distractions. 
do something to get your blood flowing, like running, play, change your environment, read a book, free write, listen to music, try classical or jazz to mix it up, he says, brew some coffee, create a routine, spend time with someone who makes you feel good, call an old friend, brainstorm ideas in bullet points, read some inspiring quotes to get you started. So let's start from the top. Go for a walk. Going for a walk for me helps me think clearly, but going for walks can actually have a detrimental effect. And that is because going for a walk, I will sometimes use walks as the as the excuse as to why I can't get something done. So, for example, let's say I come home after work. Let's say I've put the task on myself to get something done for work or for a project. It can be even for the podcast. And I'll say, by tonight, I want to finish that. If I'm experiencing writer's block, what I'll sometimes do is I'll say, oh, well, you know, my 30-minute jog in the morning, it wasn't enough. I'm gonna, I should jog another 30 minutes, shouldn't I? So basically, I'll put it in my head, and this goes back to another episode I had um, and I, I forget which one it was, maybe it was how to handle stress or how to, uh, I don't even remember at this point. Anyway, it's called, um, it's called, what was it called? Active, active procrastination. So basically you, you kind of load this idea into your head that by just being busy, you're actually being productive and that's not necessarily the case. So sometimes going for a walk will actually have that negative effect where I'll say, I need to get this done, but if I go for a walk, it's good for me. It helps me think. Of course, what happens? I go for a walk. I come back home. I shower. It's just about dinner time. I eat dinner. I you know watch a little bit of TV with my, with my significant other. And then um, I say, well, it's kind of late. I should probably go to bed soon so I can wake up early and get an early start of my day. And, you know, it, it basically becomes an excuse. So going for a walk helps me in the right time. Sometimes it's detrimental. Eliminate distractions. Very difficult one in particular because when you're using a computer, you're tempted to, you know, go on a website. You're tempted to go on YouTube. YouTube is dreadful when it comes to uh, try to be productive because you know you something pops into your head and you just want to see it right in the spot one thing I have experimented with is basically just having my computer on airplane mode I put my phone on airplane mode or I at very least turn off the Wi-Fi and I'll leave it inside my bag so I have to kind of go out of my way to get it and it, it helps but you know it's weird because sometimes the distractions mixing the distraction along with the creative writing helps me to almost be more productive so number three was do something to get your blood flowing and then he says he likes running same thing going back to point number one i find that i'll sometimes use physical activity as an excuse to not write and um you know there's sometimes you just have to in my opinion sit down think about what it is you're trying to accomplish and get it done and it goes back to it, right? It's 
it'll be 6.30, it's like, you know, I could try to finish this before dinner, or I could go for a run, or I could, you know, get on the bike, or I could, and then, you know, it ends up becoming more of a distraction. Number four is play. He actually includes here, my personal preference is Legos. I can kind of see it. I struggle with playtime. I've had this, I've mentioned this in passing in previous episodes. You know, I'm someone that, for me, I need every moment to be productive, or I try to make it productive. So if I'm not doing something for my physical well-being, then I'm doing something for my professional career. I'm doing something for my um, mental or emotional development. I'm doing something that makes me feel satisfied is important to me, like spending time with my family. So playing itself is not something that I I go to, although I probably should do more often. So the fifth one here is change your environment. This is one that I would recommend, but it has to be the right environment. Especially when I was in college or university, I would say, rather than go to the library today, I'm going to go to a coffee shop. Rather than go to a coffee shop today, I'm going to go to, you know, the library. Sometimes you end up finding those places to be a little more distracting. Personally, what always worked for me was going to like a nice little coffee shop, finding a nice little table or bench, you know, in a corner, drink some good coffee and listen to a little bit of music. Help me get really creative. But sometimes, again, it was detrimental. Sometimes it was like, uh, you know. But anyway, it depends. Changing, changing the environment, I think, does help. Number six is read a book. Um, you know, I really don't do as much reading as I should. So I, I couldn't tell you how beneficial this is. I'm sure it is very beneficial, especially if you're a creative writer and someone that writes for a living. As someone that, you know, has to write with a good bit of frequency, but not not, not really often that creatively, then I'm not sure. Next one was free write. This is what I was mentioning earlier. This for me is what I use to usually overcome writer's block. You know, rather than trying to get it right off the bat, I'll open a Word document and then I'll start to kind of hack away at it, right? It's like, you know, if I'm trying to present, you know, the performance of of a, of a recent campaign or if I'm trying to write, you know, a ramble, for example, you know, if I'm trying to say, okay, what do I want to ramble about for tomorrow? You know, which again, I, I don't write full sentences for most unless there's a line in particular that I want to say and then call back to later. But even that, you know, I'll say, you know, what was on my mind? What's on my mind now? And then sometimes I hit a little bit of a creative block because I want to touch on a couple of different random topics so that I can make a random ramble, truly a random ramble. Free writing helps me tremendously. I would highly recommend if you're someone that, especially if you're active, like, you know, if you're someone that gets distracted easily, just writing down that outline you know, paragraph one, paragraph two, paragraph three, I'm starting here, then I'm going here, then I'm going here, then I'm finishing with this, you know, if you can do that, then I find that to help a lot. Next one is listen to music. I find that those lo-fi 
hip hop, like that jazz hip hop, electronic music, uh, really helps. Those playlists that are like an hour long, I find those to be incredibly helpful and useful. Uh, when I listen to, you know, because I'm a big 70s, 80s music fan, if I listen to that, oftentimes I do get distracted. But overall, I do agree. Jazz, uh, I don't listen to classical music. I'd lie if I were. But if I listen to jazz or blues or, again, those lo-fi, hip-hop, EDM, whatever they're called, beats, then then that does help quite a bit. Next is brew some coffee. Always, I mean, self-explanatory. Just avoid, try to avoid caffeine overload. I mean, that is a thing, you know, too much caffeine. And I've done that because, you know, I'll have a coffee in the morning. I'll have two or three coffees in the office. I'll have maybe another coffee when I get home. If you overload yourself, you end up having a, an adverse effect. You know, at this point, I try to stick to basically just one cup a day and that's it. It gives me that nice little jolt of energy in the morning and that's it. Next up is create a routine Highly recommended as well. I think having a routine helps, especially if, you know, and I've, it works for me. Having these little victories to start your day sets you on a good path later on the day. So I like to record first thing in the morning because that's a little victory that helps me get started on my day. Or I'll, I'll make a script or or an outline or I'll make a, you know, an, amb- an ambience episode. I'll sort of go back to my library, see what sounds I have there, and I'll start creating, um, you know, an environment for the episode. And those are just, it's a very easy way for me to start my day. Likewise, there are plenty of days I don't start with the podcast, or I don't do anything related to the podcast. But, you know, I'll go for a 30-minute walk, maybe get on the bike, maybe go to the gym, you know, do the bed, make coffee, clean the coffee maker, um you know, whatever it may be, so, prepare my lunch, you know, silly things like that can really help you create a mindset of, okay, I'm, I'm gaining some positive momentum, and it encourages you to write. Next up is spend time with someone who makes you feel good, recommended, agreed, 100%, really, really helps out. Next is call an old friend, you know, I'm surprised how well this works for me sometimes. Um, a few days ago, I got a call from a very good friend of mine throughout college. Uh, he and I had, um, we met in a, um, second year class or sophomore year class. And, um, you know, we were really good friends basically throughout sophomore year to, to the time we graduated. And then he left, uh, the country. He was originally from, um, from, uh, from Bangladesh and, um, you know, super sweet guy, really, you know, just a really nice guy. He actually wanted to stay here. And then, you know, he, he, anyway, it's a long story. He, he wanted to uh, go to law school here. Didn't quite work out at that time because of some uh, family issues. Now he's on his way back to try and uh, come to law school here or, or, uh, or start practicing or something like that. Cause I think he did law school over there. Anyway, you know, he calls me out of the blue and, you know, really nice conversation. We kind of reminisce on some of those college uh, times, some of those funny classes, those funny moments that we had, uh, some of those crazy uh, projects that maybe we had to work on at that time. So, 
And then interestingly, it kind of, you know, gives you a little bit of a nice uh, push forward. So I do find that that's helped me. Brainstorm ideas and bullet points. This goes back to the idea of free writing. It's very similar, isn't it? Just kind of get that done. Read some inspiring quotes to get you started. Sometimes that helps me. Sometimes I'll listen to kind of inspiring commentary. People that have overcome a lot and then it kind of motivates you to want to be better. So those were my thoughts. Now I'm just going to read uh, what the rest of the article has to say. The possibilities are endless, but movement is critical. You need to generate momentum to get out of your funk. Once you start heading in a direction, it's easier to pick up speed. And before you know it, your block will be a distant memory and you'll be doing what you once thought possible. You'll be writing. How to not overcome writer's block. Here are some anti-solutions for this problem. You do not overcome writer's block by refusing to write until you feel inspired. You do not overcome writer's block by wallowing in self-pity. You don't overcome it by procrastinating or making excuses. You don't overcome it by watching TV. And you don't overcome it by reading articles on how to overcome writer's block. Which he then includes a tongue-in-cheek note. Kind of shot myself in the foot there. The fail-proof solution. If you're still not satisfied, you have one last resort. An ace up your sleeve. The silver bullet solution. The 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 fail-proof way to overcome writer's block is one you already know. In fact, you've been avoiding it this whole time because it's precisely what you don't want to hear. Start somewhere. Anywhere. Write a few lines. Say anything. And see what happens. Don't think about it too much or make any fancy announcements. Just write. Write for the joy of writing, because you can't not do it. Don't try to say or produce anything. Just get some words on paper now. No excuses or justifications. You can write. Don't make it harder than it has to be. Just type a few words. You can do this. Just write. And then he finishes with one caveat. This technique only works if you're truly blocked and not empty, which is in a different matter altogether, which is true. Writer's block is not the same as having basically an empty idea or not having an idea or not being clear about what it is you're trying um, to convey. So that was it. I mean, hopefully hopefully you're asleep by now, really. Uh, if you're up and you find this useful, then that's fantastic. I mean, I like everything else, whether it's trying to overcome stress, procrastination, anxiety, whatever it may be, it's always important to recognize as humans, we make mistakes, we are not perfect, sometimes even with your best effort, you won't be able to overcome writer's block, and it's okay, I I go through that a lot, and I put a very hard time on myself without realizing, look, sometimes, it doesn't matter how hard you try, you just need a 10 minute break to step back, enjoy yourself, and then allow things to flow a certain way. So, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, you can always reach the show by emailing hello at sleepandrelaxasmr.com. That's it for this episode. Thanks, as always, for listening, and take care.